Hello, everyone, and welcome to Old Guard New Blood, episode 32, How to Start Your Own SEO Agency. This one is for possibly disillusioned people out there that uh, want to go it alone. Um, is it a good idea? I've seen plenty of people try and fail dismally. It's not always as easy as it seems. Uh, I, I did it many, many years ago, uh, and luckily uh, I got out of there um, and uh, I moved on. Um, but uh, let's go and find out what's happened, you know, in the decades since uh, since I was involved in my own agency. Uh, once again, I've got a, a fantastic um, crew with me, uh, and uh, why don't they introduce themselves? Uh, Megan, why don't you start? How, how, who are you and where do you come from? Yeah, thank you. Sure. Um, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. I'm Begum Kaya. I am the founder and SEO consultant at BK Solutions, founded in Turkey. And I am working mostly with US and UK brands and also US and UK agencies. Uh, so I have this perspective as a founder and I also have this perspective as a person who works with agencies. So Everything is kind of coming all together. And I'm at the stage of transitioning from solo consultancy to becoming an agency. So I can say that I'm the newest blood here, if I may. <laughs> yeah, quite probably. Quite probably. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and Ilaria, uh, uh, Ilaria, tell us about yourself and where do you come from? Cool. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm Ilaria. Um, I work in an agency, actually. So I don't have, not yet at least my own agency, but I think like I had lots of experience across different um, industries and different situations. So I think like I have quite a lot of uh, information, quite a lot of tips for anyone who wants to open an agency or like wants to make sure like the, the team he has with him is strong enough to beat the competitors. Thanks, Laurie. It's good to have a, a, a view of somebody that uh, can can see how other founders are, are floundering as well sometimes, uh, which which happens. Uh, and Nitin, how about yourself? Uh, tell us about yourself and where do you come from? Hey, Nixon. Thanks for having me, first of all. Well, I'm Nitin Manchanda. I'm originally from India, but uh, living in uh, Berlin, Germany for the last five and a half years. And uh, I started my professional journey as a software engineer and then became SEO accidentally, but then I fell in love with this. And uh, yeah, I have more than 10 years of work experience in SEO and uh, I was working for brands like Trivago, Omeo and so on. And recently, like a couple of years back, I started as a freelance SEO consultant, but very soon I realized there's massive demand and I cannot clone myself. So I started hiring and uh, now I have an amazing team of eight people. And I'm building this brand called Botpresso. Perfect, perfect. So I think we got a, a really good mix of people here, and very, you know, very worldwide mix of people as well. So that's uh, that's that's good to see. Uh, and um, so, so you know, before I dive into questions, I'd like to bring in my producer, David, who also, of course, runs his own uh, his own um, well, not so much an agency as a production company, but runs his own business as well. David, uh, how are things? Um, what have I missed out in my preparations? today. Hello. Oh, oh, you're a pro. You never miss anything out at all, Dixon. Um, I just want to deliver a quick message to those listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, other podcast platforms, other replay platforms, perhaps YouTube replay. Join us live next time if you can. You can interact in the chat. You can 
ask wonderful questions, we can actually put out your name and perhaps even your agency name if you're from an agency in the chat as well. So if you can, next time, visit majestic.com slash webinars and uh, join us live for next month's episode. And I'll be telling you about that and what we're going to be discussing later on in this one. And on that point, hello to Monsi and Romero and Ibrahim, uh, who have all sort of said hello to us in the chat. So thanks very much for, uh, for for saying things. And if you've got any questions as we go along, feel free to jump in uh, if you're if you're lucky enough to be uh, listening on live. So my first question to everyone has always uh, is always the same on these things. You know, if people don't have forty five minutes to go through a whole podcast, you know, and and you wanted to give somebody one piece of advice, this is probably crucial really you know uh what one piece of advice would you say to somebody who's setting up in business i'm going to go with knitting first and go in reverse order well i think the number one advice i would give to anyone who's starting uh you know on business would be uh thinking about processes thinking about sops from day one itself because once you have processes in place you can easily scale things up well i did not uh, well i started with sops documentation processes in the beginning as well but it was not like really, you know, like properly done. So I would say like focus, you know, at least 10% of your energy there. Once you have it, scaling up becomes easier. And you can also deliver like more professional experience, more high quality experience if you have processes in place. You don't have to train every single person whom you're hiring. So once you have processes, that, all, that process also becomes more smoother. Yeah, so that would be my number one advice if you're starting. Processes, okay. And uh, I might come back and ask you where you store your processes so that people can see them and stuff as well uh, in a bit. Uh, Alaria, what about you? When A thought for people, a bit of advice for people. Um, I think one of the first thing is uh, choosing a niche or like defining your, your business because competitive, competitiveness is very high uh, and very strong everywhere. And also in terms of like the um, opportunity and the, and the offer you want to, to provide, I think one of the best thing to, to go through is like talking about your team and thinking about like which type of expertise you put together. So my advice would be to have a strong content team because content is always very, very important and central and, and key. Um, a trustworthy technical team and a creative, as much as possible, creative PR or outreach team. Okay, that's brilliant advice as well. And I think we're going to come back to the competitive landscape. I'll come back to that in a second as well, because I think uh, things are probably a lot different from when I set my agency up in 1999. So, uh, uh, Begin, what about you? Uh, what piece of advice have you got for people? I was going to say that finding like treating people in your agencies as your assets and building them as entities as well as yourself would be one of the best things that you can do when starting out. Just because my eye caught that entity SEO book behind you, uh, <laughs> I think I got the inspiration from there. But when Ilaria was talking, I really like thought about have, like building these relationships and also considering your... Um, customers as like basically assets and you are there to provide for them. So trying to position yourself as a, not as a business provider, but as a solution architect or just like an internal team uh, would go a very long way, I think. I think another piece of great advice. I, I think as well, if there was one thing that I Wish I had. Well, I mean, I, I I was really pleased with what I did do, but I think uh, if I was doing it again, I would spend much much more time trying to trying to do is really if 
if you can get the higher, the best that you can possibly get is is my my advice. Uh, and surprisingly, that's not always the most expensive. Although the problem is the really good people do want some, you know, big money more than a small business can, can afford. Uh, but uh, in my life, I've um, I found that partnerships um, are worth worth doing sometimes, and sometimes you know giving up some some shares of the company or at least some kind of some uh, sweat sweat equity um, for talented people is is, is worth doing. Doing. um the 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 side part of that is don't give away all your shares before they've proved their worth is uh is 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 the caveat to that one though um so that was that's my little bit of advice is hire the best you can um okay but i want to go back to alaria's um point there about uh about you know uh, deciding what niche you're going to go into um because when I think about um, the SEO agency landscape now, it's probably, you know, the, the competition compared to when I was out in 1999. I mean, frankly, no one had heard of SEO. Uh, and um, and uh, and I, I, didn't, I hadn't really heard of an agency either. I thought I was going to be an SEO consultant. And it was only as a business grow that I realized that, you know, people were looking for agencies rather than consultancies. And for me, uh, the, the whole consultancy approach may have been a strategic error for me and I should have called myself an agency at the start. Um, but but how important is getting that story about who you are and and what you're doing, you know, right? Um Begum, why don't I go with you? I mean, have you have you spent some time on thinking about your your own niche and uh, what your strengths are as your business and how you're going to differ from other people? I think when it comes to finding your niche, it really is connected with the projects that you get in the beginning because you get to see what you like doing and what you have to uh, do to make some money. Uh, so you are in that position to like, which way do I have to go and which way should I go? So once you set that up, I think um, positioning is one of the very critical things that you have to deal with. For example, at the moment, I am having a hard time trying to position myself as a solo consultant versus an like agency founder. Um, so it's something that I'm in progress, I would say. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to get right. I don't think it's yeah, an definitely. easy thing to get right. Definitely. And it, it sounds to me, to me like, you know, you're, you're taking your cue from your existing clients who are pushing you in a direction exactly. that you, you may want to go, which is of course one way to do it. And of course it's where, <laughs> Yeah. clients are willing to pay for it so it's yeah. good i don't know knitting what about you have you kind of gone in a different way do you you know you you have a, a, a programming background has that helped you yeah that's right define yourself well since i started my career i always believed in automation and when i was working for trivago omeo and some other companies as well so i was always believing in automating stuff because i think like doing that same stuff again and again is something really boring and that's exactly the formula that i'm following here as well so about the competitions, yes, it's massive, right? When it comes to agencies, there are lots of agencies. So if you just go out, walk on a street, you'll find five, you know, different agency offices here in Berlin as well. But I think the competition is rather lean when you talk about agencies or consultancies, which are doing something special, which are following advanced SEO practices, which are talking about, you know, technical stuff, which are talking about, you know, like all this content automation and how you do things, you know, differently. So that's exactly what I believe in as well. So when I started Botpresso, the, the very first promise I had to myself was, I will never ever compromise on quality. And that's the reason I have not marketed myself till date. So whatever business I'm getting, it's coming you know, through word of mouth or through my network. 
And I try to convert every single uh, you know business opportunity that I have to a case study that we both can celebrate together. So that's the uh, that's the motivation. That's the you know first principle that I'm following here. So yeah, I think that's that's how it goes with me. And about the niche in particular. So when I started, uh, travel was something which was my forte because I was working for Trivago and the Nomeo, both travel brands, and then I worked for Home to Go as well for a small stint. So. Yeah, so travel uh, SEO was something which was in my blood by now. And uh, when I started, luckily, I got a couple of travel clients as well. I worked with them, grew them 250%, 300% in like uh, eight, nine months uh, on an average. And they were happy. And then I was like, okay, well, I can do it. So let's scale it. So that, that's how it's basically going for me so far. That sounds quite a good story because it sounds like there's lots of ways in which you're, you know, separating yourself from from, from the crowd, really. And, you know, the, the automation part of it, the presumably WordPress part of it a little bit, um, the, but the, the, the travel part of it. And, of course, there's a lot of opportunities to automate, you know, feeds and things in, in, in the travel industry, So which is ever-changing. So I suspect you've got, you know, uh, a fairly narrow defined great sort of stream uh, or, or, or seam of uh, of potential income so i like that that sounds that's something i couldn't copy so that sounds you know uh, that sounds like it's well defined so it's great ilaria you 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 mentioned that this this uh, this idea of choosing your niche you know how how did how, what niche do you work in and how do you find think think people should uh, be thinking about a niche um so first of all i think like what um the guys did just say like i think like combining the two is the best optimal approach so having process in place and automation is definitely like the, the best way to be scalable and to be able to you know, like to provide like services to multiple accounts and to multiple clients also, like be a partner and not like just like an agency to, to offer services is very very important for like retaining clients and retaining like connections. In terms of the niche, how I would do to in terms of defining my niche would be personal interest, like the the, the case for nothing, knitting, and also a um, little bit of of market research. So understanding what's your like audience. Um, what is already covered, what is like a still a possibility like in the market, so what you want to go for. Um, I have experience with different and multiple like uh, situations, very, very different between them, like with small markets, like they're like uh, products they are like quite, quite niche or like big groups, like global groups. And the approach is very, very different. So it's not... It's not strange to think that when they also like go in phasing of pitching and everything, and when they look for an agency to cover them and to help them, they want like someone different if it's like a small brand or if it's like a corporate type of, of brand. Um, so like obviously working in an agency and being in an agency for quite a long time now, I've been lots of opportunity to go in pitches as well in, in, uh, in, um, in meetings. And the approaches it can obviously like be very different depending on the on the clients and the the, the brand you have in front of you. I think that's uh, that, that's good advice as well. I because I, I, I remember. I remember when when I got rid of my so my agency was receptional. It's still going now. It's still going strong, but I never I never really got that story right. It's a really hard 
thing to do for a lot of for a lot of agencies to to stand out from the crowd. And I think Receptional did a massive, a really good job when when they took over the business. It was a management buyout, so the the, the management bought bought me out, and uh, they immediately um, shot a lot of my ideas down and went did a much better job of branding themselves as yes, still the first full service agency. So they did a lot of PPC and stuff like that, but they really started focusing on in their case WordPress and uh, and instead of just trying to order everybody's websites they kind of um you know they 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 properly went into the wordpress design build market do the ppc and so they were kind of had a, a much more focused um approach and they grew very very quickly um after uh, after they you know lost the uh, the original founder who wasn't necessarily was holding him back possibly because i hadn't found a proper story like that that uh, that um that i think is so important for um an agency and i really you know, it's it's probably the most important question for an agency. You know, what defines you? What makes you different from everybody else? Because you don't have to take over the world. You've only got to take over a bit of the world. Um, you know, and if you can if you can own own a small pond, it's better than uh, being a fish in a big one. I think so. Okay, so um, let's let's move on to some of the practical steps then of setting up an agency. Because you know. Uh, if I was, you know, leaving um, an organization and trying to go out on, a, on my own, there's so many things I don't know what to do. Um, and uh, and I appreciate that you guys are all over the world. And, and so we're in different countries. So we're going to have different legal setups. I mean, how easy is it to set up uh, your own business in, in, in Turkey, Begum? Um, it depends on different kinds of companies. You can be a sole proprietorship or you can be a limited company and et cetera. And all of those has their specific processes that you have to follow. Uh, but it's rather easy when you are working with an accountant and um, yeah, they just sort everything for you. They decide on which, um, what is it called? Like industry you're working in. So which job branch you are going to open, etc. So it's relatively easy. Were you set up uh, in, in Turkey? Are you in uh uh, Turkish, um, oh, what's the Turkish currency? Sorry, it's been Turkish a few years. Lira. <laughs> Turkish lira, uh, and uh, so, 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 I mean, your bank accounts are in lira. How do you work with customers in in the UK and US? You don't invoice them in lira. I have basically all currency accounts that I'm working with, and it just works internationally. You have all the global currency accounts and just receive per client. Uh, um, if they're working in U.S. dollars, I receive U.S. dollars or Turkish dollar, Turkish. It doesn't really matter. So, are you using? Uh, so, I use Wise.com for for that. For that, um, you're using the same one. Nitin's yeah, nodding I, as well. So, you know, <laughs> it's suddenly yeah. been the easiest way to send money around. The problem with them, of course, in the UK is they're not fully uh, FCA regulated. So, if uh, if they went bankrupt, then uh, I don't know where my money would go. Uh, whereas if it yeah. was you know, yeah. a Barclays or something like that, then at least I'd, you know, get some, some protection. people yeah. can use is Payoneer. I don't know how compliant is that in the UK. Payoneer. Yeah. 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 Payoneer, yeah, yeah. Mentioning it quite a lot. And I was using when I, I was using it when I first started doing freelancing. Um, it was pretty useful yeah. as well. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I found I found wise. Uh, what used to be called TransferWise. Mm -hmm. Wise dot com. Mm -hmm. really easy. So I'll yeah. I'll, I'll give them a, give them a plug for free. Okay, if if I if if you took my token, we could all get sixty sixty dollars <laughs> per uh, per sign up or something like that. Anyway, never yeah. mind. If Sorry, anybody you needs the link, I'm happy yeah. to provide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> Nitin. What about you? I mean, uh, in in 
Berlin, Germany, how how easy is it to set up? Is it uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of headaches, or was it pretty straightforward? Yeah, no, it's a massive headache. Well, in Germany, everything is like very document heavy, and it also requires the local language. And uh, I do not speak German yet. And in general, I, I I hate everything like admin stuff. I generally have like a lot of documents, and I only process them, you know, during the uh, around the uh, last dates and stuff because I just hate that stuff. So yeah, the road was not easy for me, especially the admin stuff and bank accounts and all that. But like uh, Bigger mentioned, so once you have you know consultant, you can you know uh, give a lot of load to this person. And also also recently, so I was. Uh, even despite, you know, following all those practices and, you know, following some solutions where you have a lot of templates, you can use them and save save some time. But still, I was struggling. So I met like, you know, a good friend who is an entrepreneur himself as well. And he gave me a very nice advice. It's a very simple one, but I think works like magic. So I've started doing that. I'm loving it. So he said, he gave you whenever, he, he gave me an advice. Okay. So yeah, he, he, he said, whatever you do not like, just you know think about how much time you're spending and then calculate your per hour price right and then you can compare whether it's really worth it because one is price second that's not making you happy so if you hire someone who can do the job in that uh, price itself you should totally not think twice before hiring this person and when mm. i did that it was like very easy for me like come on you know why i was spending so much time and so much energy on this which i don't like and i can hire someone really inexpensive to do that job to perfection and that person would also be happy because they they love this and they will also be able to make somebody uh, you know uh, through their services but, so, but yeah. when it comes to the the setup and things does that mean you have to trust those people a lot because you have to start giving them access to bank accounts and things like that or uh, you know i mean at what at what point do you worry about that kind of level of you know risk well that's that's the big biggest bottleneck but for me uh like one good thing is i have a business entity set up in india as well and my father got retired like four years back so he has been helping me with me with all that stuff because he retired as a as an account officer so he does he understands accounts pretty good and the guy who's my accountant he's also my childhood friend so for me it's like uh you know trust was sorted i'm like okay that you take care of everything you know which is accounts because i don't want to take care of that so he took like a lot of load from me and now whatever was uh, left the german part so there i'm finding this these solutions so yeah yeah okay it's a, so, it's a kind so of mix, your accountant right? doesn't speak german either uh, well no 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 the indian indian uh, the indian guy he doesn't speak he doesn't know like any yeah. Uh, even German rules, which are very different than what we have there in I, India. Yeah, I, honestly, setting up a business in a foreign language must would would do my head in. I think I'd, you know, but yeah. uh, um, you know, that's uh, so credit to you. I mean, Elaria, what what you know, as what about the uh, as 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 that business grows, you got you know, uh, you see all the, uh, the the stuff happening around you. Do do you feel that? Um, that you guys are in control of your uh, of of your destiny as a result of uh, uh, you know the processes that, that that were set up. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, we don't have this type of um, of issues or this type of like uh, challenges um, usually. I know about uh, German laws a little bit because I used to work with some clients in Germany and I remember very well everything was massively. Uh, double checked all the time um so it's i work in uk so uh, it's very very different from from here like when you approach a new client and you like you know you need to go through like all the contract speeds and like uh, sign up and everything um i remember very well it was very very different for for germany 
and I can even I can I can not even like imagine how difficult it could be in Italy. Um, it's always like much more difficult everything around around these type of topics in Italy. Um, obviously, it, again, like it's not really like my um, day-to-day work worrying about this um, aspect because we we are covered by by financial teams and stuff like that. But yeah, I in terms of like different countries, I think like there are lots of different situations and. Uh, uh, UK probably is a little bit easier, I would say. That's my my opinion on that. But I'm not really like the best person to to ask about it. I mean, I've I've I'm I'm lucky. I've only set up businesses in 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 the UK, but uh, I have uh, I've got a business partner in France, and uh, him and I discussed whether to set up a business in uh, set up a, a a venture in in France or in the UK, uh, and uh, he talked to his uh, account a brother friend a lawyer whatever and said if you can set it up in the uk for god's sake set it up in the uk yes. so yeah. uh so so uh, which was good because uh i couldn't possibly have uh have, have run something in in france as well as well just just because i don't know the law and i think um yeah uk is 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 fairly friendly for business startups uh they make it easy for you to start but also um, that makes it very easy for them to uh, to jump in and uh, uh, and um, know that you're starting up. So it probably is uh, is in their interest because then two years later they can come down and remind you that you owe them tax. Uh, whereas uh, I think if there's barriers, then that probably it, it, it's it probably has a tendency for people to try and you know do things not not through the books, you know, and then you're you're adding to the black market economy, and uh, you know then when you get caught, you're in a much worse place. So. If you are starting out, um, try and get legal as soon as you can. <laughs> That's <laughs> wherever, whichever country you're in. <clears throat> okay, so um, what about business planning, Elaria? I'll, I'll start with start with you. Um, I, I, you, know, you might not have done a business plan, you know, for your own business, but you know, how much do you see of the business plans that you're 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 in in, in the agencies that, that you're in? Um, and how important is it, do you think, for, for you to see those business plans? So, yeah, yeah, obviously, I have visibility on that uh, most of the time, not every time, but most of the time. And uh, um, as you mentioned at the beginning, like SEO is still not really like the, the most important channel across everything. So most of the time, the budget is allocated to, to SEO is, uh, is very little to compare compared to other channels or other like uh, aspect of the business. So what I can like probably like give my opinion on mostly is about like how to how we still work so hard to convince um, clients and like uh, uh, stakeholders to for, about the importance of SEO, about the importance of like. Uh, investing money on something is organic so it's something that has not like the the part of like paid um expenses like paying google for to rank um so these are like a conversation i'm having all the time uh at any level with all the clients it doesn't matter if it's a small or a big client um so in terms of like uh, the visibility on the on the business plan is always like making making like uh, clear how efficient can be SEO and how can like be cost efficient in terms of like spending less and obtaining and like make the most of it. Um, so usually what I, what I give recommendation on is like, this is the objective, like you have like KPIs, objective or targets for the year and how much 
SEO can help with that uh, with a very limited um, cost for the for the brand or for or for the for the for the client. Thank, okay, uh, great. And, and and I'm guessing I'm guessing this and you're up at sort of eight people, so you've probably been through and written a few more business plans. So you've got an account with you. So before I come to you, I'm going to come to Began and ask you know because you're now going from that freelance process into you know you know employing people to, and, and 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 potentially growing there. So how much? thought have you put into a business plan and how much have you have you actually written down and what do you think you still need to do yeah i actually hired someone and i think he worked for me for six months and then we like made his career (laughs) do the next move and yeah he was uh in a bigger agency in turkey um like I have been lucky enough to work with clients who came to me by word of mouth. So I was in a position to decline some clients even because I didn't have enough um, time that I can work on those projects. But uh, at the the moment, for example, when I need um, like some extra power, I rely on freelancers and it doesn't go very calculated, definitely. But uh, with the new projects that I'm having, I am basically like calculating hours like how many hours would go into those projects and if we had one year contracts versus longer contracts or shorter contracts like how much um, manpower would I need and how can I automate some processes how can I upscale the clients and etc and everything goes into the bump that bundle uh, eventually that just um, gives me a like a total amount that I should be charging the clients for and based on the clients that I will have additional, I just, I'm actually planning to lay it out like that. <laughs> okay, so, so, so again, it sounds like it's customer-led, the, the, the direction that okay. you're going with. Um, At the moment, so yeah, I, I suspect yeah. Nitin's answer is going to be different. If not, I think mine is, in my experience, is different. Um, Nitin, what, do you, what about you? What do you put into a business plan and, and how developed is it? And did your accountant make you do it? No, mine is definitely a bit different here. So... Uh, so what I do is when I, whenever I pitch to uh, you know a client or whenever I speak with them, I tell them clearly that I'm not going to take this project as a consultant. So I'm going to go on the SEO strategy for your brand, which means I'll have the rights to make decisions. I want you to you know uh, be in the game with like equal equity. So you are putting in the same, uh, same amount of passion that I'm putting in. Because for me, like I mentioned in the beginning, it's not just a project. It's SEO for me is passion. I want to convert every single opportunity that's coming my way to something big that I can be proud of, right? So for that, I need commitment. So on day one itself, I say, hey, you know, I would need, let's say, one developer and one content resource full-time who would be working with me. And, uh, you know, and then we keep it very clear in terms of KPIs as well, because I don't answer those questions like, you know, how much will you grow the brand, you know, on day one? That's impossible. Right. For that, I say, hey, let me just look at the website. Once I know the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats, then I would be able to tell you, you know, a better estimate on this. Right. So this is how I go. And about the business plan, I think I think it changes often. So I mean, I'm thinking of the business plan for your own business, not not for the client's business. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Yeah, about my on on uh, like a business plan for my business, I think it changes often. So when I started, I was thinking too narrow, and then I started thinking, okay, what else can I do? And for example, digital PR. So I've worked with like some digital PR experts uh, in the past. I love working with them, and I see there's massive, massive gap in the industry. Right, there are a lot of people who are selling 
uh, links, but very differently, not the right way, not the scalable way. So I was thinking, okay, I want to do that, uh, you know, in my life. But when I started, if, you know, I, I would have picked that that time itself, I think I would have not done the justice with what I am good at. So I set that up first and then I started picking, you know, other things as well. And now, for example, I'm working with two clients, helping them on digital PR, not charging a single penny from them because I told them that, hey, I'm not an expert. I just want to, you, uh, you know, work on your brand and use it as a, uh, you know, like practice feel for myself. So I, I will work for, with you. We'll uh, bring some value for you guys. What I need in return is that you give me flexibility. You let me run the show. And uh, yeah, that's that's working pretty good for me. And once I, uh, you know, build this confidence, I'll probably officially start offering that. So yeah, about the business plan, I think I'm gradually growing it. I started as an uh, as a consultant, then hired my first employee in November last year. It's not even one year. It's a team of eight already and uh, still hiring like, you know, every single day I'm taking interviews. And also in uh, so in this team of eight uh, folks I have, I have one full stack developer as well. So I'm also building a product because I always wanted to build a product and scaling a consultancy and agency from one to 10 and then 10 to 100 is really pain, right? It's it's very difficult, but scaling a product from 10 to 100 to 1000 is comparatively easy. So with that thought, I'm also working on product because I'm a product person. I love product. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, keep this consultancy angle as well because I love solving SEO problems. And uh, in parallel, I'm also working on product because that's something which will help me, you know, scale uh, the business as a whole. So uh, this is really interesting because, I mean, my my world's been very different. But then again, this might be because I set my first business up in 1988. So uh, um, so I'm guessing, you know, Bagan wasn't born. Uh, and uh, I was born uh, in I, that year. You were born in 88. So, uh, yeah. but because the internet didn't exist. Uh, but I, I just finished my degree in maths and management. So my, my, my thesis was my business plan. So... I, so I've just got this experience of writing this really long-winded business plan. You're the old typewriters and stuff. Well, okay, we did have computers, but, you know. Uh, and uh, and it I was think, for murder mysteries, so the internet wasn't there. Sorry, Alari. Yeah, I was thinking, like, in terms of business plans, something else, like, is important to think about is about the offering, if you want to outsource something or not. Like, let's say, for instance, something like is very usual, like off, like outsources PR, mm -hmm. especially for small agencies, like PR, like uh, um, outreach is something like you need to have like someone really, really expert. Otherwise, doesn't really like make the the, the work um, and make like the, the good results. So mm -hmm. that part, and also like in terms of teams, if you want to use like um, employees, like. Uh, you know, like full-time employees or if you want like someone like coming for some projects or like uh, freelance or stuff like that and mm -hmm. and the last bit it can be as um, we we're talking about like product production like production of like new tools or like products so if you start to produce your own craft um, in some way like it can, it can be like saving money to not spending mm -hmm. third-party tools but at the same time, you need lots of like time and lots of like good uh, teams around that. So it's always like a balance of what you want to achieve and in how long you want to achieve 
uh, yeah. the results. Yeah, and I, I also, I mean, I've always, I've also always found it very helpful to write it down. So, I mean, even today, you know, I, I used used it used it on a meeting yesterday. You know, I've got a about fourteen page PowerPoint, you know, about where I want to be in five years time and who my client base is and what my marketing channels are and my cash flow problems and you know uh, and 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 I have I have a, a friend of mine, uh, Robert Craven, who he kind of is kind of a mentor for 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 for, for running businesses. And stuff and he, he always advises you to when you start a business get put down what you want in five years or in 10 years or whatever it is the exit point write that down on a piece of paper fold it up and put it behind the radiator and come back to it in a few years time because uh because unless you know where you're going you tend to make a lot of mistakes along well you're going to make mistakes along the way anyway but knowing what you're trying to get to is uh, is is the hardest bit and you know for, for me writing things down has, has, has worked a lot um so I, I tend to have one to hand but i'm pretty old school i guess so uh and and maybe move life moves too fast these days for uh for people to do that sort of thing because as, as as you all say you know things change pretty quick so um then maybe it's it's different um and also i think along the way with the experiences that you have and the people that you talk to your perspective changes and your goals sure, can yeah. change too so I mean, definitely like setting up your goals within five years is something very smart to do, but each year your goals might change and you should welcome that change and put on top of it with each step that you're taking. So, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, so um, anyway, could go on forever on that particular one, but, but let's move on to something slightly different. Um, and I find it found it really interesting, Bagan, that you're in Turkey and your customers are in the UK and the US. And it feeds into my next question, which was, um, do you trade in in your local or your own country's markets, or or do you get your customers from overseas? And all three of you seem to be, um, you know, working with customers overseas. And and um, so, I guess the interesting question is. Why? Why did you choose that approach as opposed to, you know, getting people, you know, on your doorstep? And I'll I'll start with you, Begum, and go, Begum, Ilaria, and then Nitin um, this time around. Begum, how come all your customers aren't in Turkey? It was actually something that I chose to do because I worked in an agency here in Turkey for a year, and then I realized that how Google works and how search works in different countries. I mean, English-speaking countries is very different to what we have in Turkey. And I wanted the chance to explore what these markets are saying and how it can contribute to me as a global SEO consultant. And then the pandemic hit and like I started like hearing from and reading from many people all around the world. And I was really fascinated by what they're experiencing and what they were implementing, what they were testing, etc., so I wanted to be able to do it myself in English because Turkish market is very limited and the like, comprehension of Google is not that well. We still have like head tactics that work, etc. Um, and the other consideration was definitely the finances because with Turkish client versus global clients, what you get is very different. Um, I was going to say one more thing. What was it? Alaria, uh, what about you? Where are your clients local or overseas? Or how do that? How do, how has it worked in you with you? Um, I have an experience a little bit. Of both, um, uh, my preference is always working with clients. They are like uh, based on like different different markets and different countries, um, where we can use a little bit of international SEO as well. Um, the reason is because like 
um, the, 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 the culture behind that and like the approach is, uh, is more interesting, is more various. So for you as an SEO person, it's probably like more interesting at the end of the day. Um, but at the same time, like uh, the, the approach and like the, the strategy more or less is, is, the, is, is very similar. Um, the part of like for an agency, I guess, like for a new agent especially, um, I think like a big, big asset is having someone who speaks different languages and uh, not only to please like uh, clients, they have like a different uh, covering different markets, but also like to reduce the cost of uh, like uh, an extra agency to translate content or to do, to do like transcription. So um, in terms of the choice, it's probably like more expensive going for clients they are like no, they don't speak the same. They, they have markets in languages which are not your language, but at the same time, it puts you like in a much higher level of like competition. So you are exposed to bigger clients, obviously, and uh, to to bigger competition as well. So maybe it's not like the first step. I would say if I'm if if I would be like in an agency, all in the agency, it would be not like the first one year time. But eventually, is definitely something I would aim for. I think uh, I think you're all incredibly brave for going into foreign markets and uh, and taking them on. Um, I'm scared to death going outside of my little comfort zone, even though I do it a lot. Nitin, what about you? I mean, you're I mean you're uh, you, you're in a different country and don't even speak the language. How, how yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Well, I also have like international clients, so yes, I do have some clients where their primary markets are. Uh, you know, the markets where I don't understand like anything about that language, probably just hello and all that stuff, right? Basic stuff. Not even that in some cases, right? But yeah, I love taking challenges. And in those cases, you know, I'm working with uh, the content experts they have in-house to set up the process and, uh, you know, um, you know, and then, you know, working on things. So I think it's it's manageable because when I was working at Trivago, so they are present in 55 markets, they have 69 domains. And uh, same with Omeo, like they are present in 22 markets and I was taking care of their global SEO strategy. And there I was dealing with a lot of people speaking uh, with, you know, with uh, different native, native languages. So it was fun. I, I always, so in the beginning when I uh, joined Trivago and I got to know like, okay, 55 markets and this is what I'll be doing. And I was like, yeah, like you mentioned, scared to death, right? <laughs> but, but when I started working with these people, I think it was fun. So it's again about setting up processes and continuous exchanges. And that's something that I, that I believe in. I believe in like, you know, setting up, for example, even uh, at Trivago and then I continued that uh, at Omeo. And now in my, in my current uh, consultancy as well, I have that. So we have a weekly exchange round where we talk about, okay, you know, uh, what is something what is that, that you know someone in the in the in the room knows about yeah, Abraham was about. saying money talks is basically he's saying you go where the money is so that's <laughs> <laughs> yes, that absolutely, is brutally honest uh which yeah. uh which seems a, a very fair fair point to say but it also yeah, tells me you know just 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 look at, looking at, at, at what you guys are doing it, it tells me that you know where you are shouldn't be a barrier to you know where you're going to do business um Absolutely. we really are in living in a global world and uh, uh and it doesn't doesn't matter where you're based you can still tackle anybody anywhere really if uh, if you if you've got the uh, got the courage really so you know get up and give it a try um so uh, well, by the way I, I i was going to ask you Nitin, what do you use to store your processes and share them around well, Notion uh, is you, awesome. 
Okay, so you're using Notion. Do you yeah. do do you do videos for people, or do you do documents, or, or right all now sorts it's just documentation. But okay. uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, basically planning to add videos and some other stuff as well. So okay. not just like very. Uh, so I'm I'm actually thinking about so not right now probably uh, next year mid sometime I'll start uh, building another thing that I'm thinking, which is uh, you know like a platform where mm -hmm. you just need to select, uh, you know, the tech stack. For example, if you're on WordPress, you just select, okay, I have a WordPress website and that's it. Then you have all the documentation, which is related to WordPress. That'll have mm -hmm. uh, documentation, videos, examples, interesting Twitter threads, everything that you can think about. So that's okay. when someone is working on, let's say WordPress, and now they're solving, for example, information architecture, they just click on information architecture. You have all the documentation there. So I'm planning to build this. So it was, I, I plan to build this uh, like Q4 this year itself, but because of some other, well, we spoke about business plan, right? Which often <laughs> this changes. Is, this is one so, of those, yeah, yeah. I'll never have the time to actually build it kind of things, isn't it? So no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Notion is probably still going to be your tool yeah. for a while to go. <laughs> yeah, Notion is pretty, yeah. pretty awesome right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, guys, we're already uh, up to time, but I wanted to finish with um, a question. Ada, if what would you do differently if you started out again? Um, uh, now, I don't know which way. I'm going to go with knitting first. So I'll go, go around uh, knitting Ilaria and then Begum. Uh, you know, you've been at it, you know, in your own business for, for a while and you're up to eight people. If you started out again, what would you do differently knitting? Well, I think I would probably invest a bit more time initially before signing a contract to make sure we have 100% alignment, like I mentioned about passion and other things, right? So it, it is a, uh, you know, like mutual process. And sometimes I've signed, uh, I learned a very hard way, right? Sometimes I like signed a couple of contracts and uh, then the response from the other side was pretty awesome in the beginning. And then gradually they started, you know, focusing more on PPC because that was giving them immediate impact. Right. So their focus from SEO, you know, went away and then still they, they were expecting me to bring some magic and then, you know, uh, grow them 100 percent overnight. But that doesn't happen. So I think if I would have, uh, you know, started or spent more time with them on uh, alignment in the beginning to ensure that, you know, we are uh, both on the same page and uh, that would have been awesome. So if I start again, I'll definitely uh, focus more energy on that. And Ilaria, what about the agency that you, well, you, I mean, whether it's the agency you're at or agencies in the past, you know, what, uh, what do you think, you know, if they were starting out again, they should do differently? I think two challenges that I learned from one is about, um, hiring people and like the, the team around you, how you build up, um, is very, very important is part of like your daily work and is part of like your daily results with the client as well so this is something you need to always spend enough time on to define like what you want and what you want to achieve and the other bit is like set up expectation with the clients and with like the um, the brands you work with so usually um what what i do is providing like three level of uh, targets or three level of packages if you want like in terms of like when we put together the scope of works or like the, the planning for for next year ambitions um so yeah i think like um set up expectation quite uh, quite precisely is quite key um, not saying like always being like um, redu 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 reducing the, the expectation but like being quite real on that 
um, something like you can actually achieve with the team you have in front of you. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. The uh, the, the way in which you build a team up is uh, is is critical, really, in the end. And you don't know till the end whether you did it right in the first place. Sometimes, yeah. uh, okay, and Vegan, uh, you, you're just in the uh, you know in the throes of taking on your first first teammates. So, but I bet you've already got things that you wish you'd done differently. So, what what yeah. about yours? It was a happy like diverting way so <laughs> no questions there but i think i would learn more about eisenhower metrics the one where you are going to do the work where you're going to delegate etc uh earlier and i would think more about embedding mindfulness into my everyday at work because it can be very stressful <laughs> as a solo consultant etc um so just knowing your ways yeah, that is a, that is a, a an important conversation for another day. I think actually, it's it's a yeah, trying to get that work life balance and and the approach is really important. And founders get themselves so stressed sometimes over the smallest of things. Um, you know, you've got a client who you promised promised an email back that day, and three o'clock in the morning you realise you didn't, and you know it wasn't an important email, but it becomes very very important yeah, to your next yeah. three days because yeah. you didn't sleep. So. Yeah, and at that point, point, I think what Nitin said really comes into play. Like finding your alignment from the beginning is really important. Yeah, yeah, guys, we're at the top of the show. Um, thank you ever so much for coming along. Uh, just uh, just before I ask uh, you, well, just before I bring David back in, um, if people wanted to find out more about um, you guys and and, and get in uh, touch base with you, uh, where would they go, Vegan? Twitter, Begum Twitter. Kaya what's CEO. your Yep. Sorry, say that again. It's Begum Kaya SEO. It's going to be difficult, but yeah. I'll drop it in the chat. It's all right. B E G U M K A Y A S E O. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll much. just because uh, people on podcasts can't see what's on the screen. Yep. Alaria, how would how would they uh, get hold of you? Uh, it's probably LinkedIn, um, and is under my name, which is Ilaria Fabri. Okay, so Ilaria is I L A R I A. Can you spell your surname? Is F A B R I. Okay, F A B R A. And Nitin, how about you? How can people hold it, find you? Yeah, well, you can catch me on botpresto.com. That's my official website. Or you can just search for my name on LinkedIn or Twitter and you can find me there. Yeah, I'm again, I'm going to have to spell friendly. that out. So Nitin is N I T I N, but Manchanda is M A N C H A N D A for those on Thank uh, you, Dixon. <laughs> those on Spotify uh, and uh, and Apple. Uh, guys, thank you ever so much for coming down. Uh, just before we go, uh, David, can I bring you back in and tell us what's going to be happening on the next show? Yeah, absolutely. Look, wonderful episode this week. It felt like the conversation could go on at least double the length of time. So perhaps we need a part two of this at some point. But um, Next week, um, it's going to be on the mindfulness stuff. I'd like to bring that back in, so okay. maybe we can bring okay. Vegan back in for that. Be a okay. good one. What's on next, anyway? Sure, <laughs> uh, episode 33 next time. That's going to be on Wednesday, the 5th of October, same time, same bat channel. How to win an SEO award is what we're talking about next time. And we've already got two guests for that one Monty Cano, I think Monty's watching at the moment. Hi, Monty, and Kevin Gibbons, a serial award winner. Kevin Gibbons, as well. <laughs> he certainly does seem to win every award I've ever <laughs> so just go to majestic.com slash webinars to sign up for that brilliant uh thank you very much everybody and we'll uh, see you in cyberspace cheers thank you dixon bye goodbye bye, bye. bye.